Good morning, church family, and happy Easter. My name is Jesslyn, and I'll be reading from our scripture today. If you all could go ahead and open your Bible, we'll be reading in the Gospel of Mark this morning. Mark 16, verses 1 to 7. It reads, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on, the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Do not be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified, He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. He is there you will see him just as he told you. And before we go into this morning sermon, I ask that you guys bow your heads as we go into a time of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this Easter morning. As we stand before you in awe and in full knowledge and uh, confidence that the victory is yours, that 2,000 years ago you died and risen and you have conquered death. I pray that you will please remind us each and every day of this wondrous miracle and that on this day we are able to celebrate in that victory that happened so many years ago, Lord. And I thank you that through your blood we have all been saved and that our sins are no longer part of us. But now we have a new identity in you, Lord, and that we are able to come together as brothers and sisters and worship you. Just as we have sang before, worthy is your name and truly, It is worthy of praise. I pray that you open our hearts this morning as Pastor Tim will be sharing a sermon with us. And I just thank you, Lord, once again for being able to come down and sacrifice yourself for us as sinners. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesslyn, and thank you to our worship arts ministry. They've led us in worship this entire weekend, and so we're so grateful for them. Happy Easter, everybody. It is so great to see you all here this morning inside our worship center. For those worshiping on the patio, happy Easter to you. And for those worshiping online, a special welcome to you as well. My name is Tim. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are so thankful to be together on this Easter Sunday. And this morning, I'd like to share with you a special message that we've entitled, Alive and Well. That's the title of this morning's message on Easter 2022, Alive and Well. And if you've been with us on Sunday mornings, you know that we are currently in a series called Servant King, the Gospel of of Mark. And if you're visiting today, we invite you to come back next week. We're going to continue this series. In fact, today we are still in this series. But today we are jumping ahead 
If you've been with us, you know, you know that Mark has laid out for us a three-act drama in the book of Mark. And today, we're going all the way to the end of Act 3. And then in the weeks to come, we'll go back and look at the details that lead up to the end of Act 3. And I have a spoiler alert for you this morning, okay? I know we don't like spoilers, but here's my spoiler alert. Jesus wins, okay? So, so that's the spoiler alert. Jesus wins at the end of Act 3. And that's why we celebrate Easter on this special morning. And uh, today's message, as part of the series, my prayers will, that it will bring us hope, a hope that we all need so desperately. And, and speaking of gathering, before we open up, to the book of Mark, I thought it'd be good for us to look at another New Testament book, the book of Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to read to you a passage in Hebrews 10 verses 23 to 25, and we'll see what this passage has to say about the idea of gathering. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to follow along. You can also follow along up here on the screen. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. I'd like to focus in on the words meeting together for just a minute. Did you know that today is the first Easter Sunday gathered together inside our worship center in four years? Four years, okay? It's been four years since we've gathered together inside our worship center as a congregation. For some of you, this might be your first Easter with us, and we're so glad that you're here today. For others, this might be your 10th, maybe your 20th, maybe even 30th Easter with us. We're so thankful for your faithfulness here at our church. But as a congregation, the last time we gathered together for Easter Sunday inside this worship center was 2018. Let me take you back. In 2019, we gathered together outdoors under a big tent at Lorbeer Middle School, and that was a special celebration. By the way, I was thinking about that this past week. 2019 Easter was a whole year before the start of the pandemic, and we were worshiping outdoors under a tent. So you might say we got a jump start on that whole outdoor worship thing. And so that was 2019. And then in 2020, we gathered online exclusively, like pretty much every other church around the world. And who will ever forget the start of the pandemic earlier that spring and how it turned so many lives upside down and it impacted every single life. That was 2020. And then in 2021, last Easter, we celebrated Easter with a drive-through Easter experience in our parking lot. And that was an incredible experience. It was complete with the Easter story, resurrection eggs. We had art, music, dancing, and free, fresh, hot crepes 
It was a wonderful celebration. That was 2021. If you recall, somewhere in the fall of 2020, as we started gathering back onto campus, we worshipped outdoors in our parking lot every Sunday for eight months, starting in the fall of 2020. Every Sunday for eight months, we were outdoors. And can I tell you, uh, it actually gets cold in Southern California in the winter. And it was cold that winter. And it was also windy. We had so many bad hair days. But God was faithful. And every Sunday for eight months, we worshiped outdoors in the parking lot. And here's what's remarkable. In eight months, we had a total of one rainout. That's it. It was amazing. Praise God for that. And then after eight months of worshiping outdoors, we made our way back into our remodeled worship center last May. And we've been worshiping here since that time. And I've got some news for you. Our remodel is not 100% complete. Guess what? In a couple months, you'll all be sitting in our brand new permanent worship center chairs. Yes, yes. Now, now these have uh, been great placeholders, and we'll continue to utilize these chairs in other parts of our campus, but our brand new permanent worship center chairs with a little extra padding will come in just a matter of weeks. So hold on to your seats, all right, until then. But speaking of chairs, did you know that God knew that you would be occupying your chair this morning? Whether you're inside here, whether you're on the patio, or whether you're at home, God knew exactly who would be occupying that chair this morning. Even if we had no idea where we would be, God knew we would be here. You see, God in His sovereignty, He knew long ago that you and I would be worshiping the resurrected Jesus on Easter Sunday, 2022. You know, when we think about the future, we just don't know what tomorrow will hold. Certainly, in February of 2020, none of us, none of us knew what the next two years would hold. In February of 2020, we're just going about our business. None of us knew what would come. And for the past two years, and certainly well before two years ago, there's been so much uncertainty, so much anxiety around the world. Lives have been impacted, turned upside down, in, impacted in one way or another, in significant ways. You see, from our perspective as human beings, our lives are often filled with so much uncertainty, so much difficulty, and oftentimes fear. From our perspective, we're often caught by surprise when something happens out of the ordinary. But I hope you understand that nothing catches God by surprise. Nothing, and I mean nothing. And that's because He is all-knowing, He is all-powerful, He is sovereign. And for those of us this morning who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are to live our lives in light of that hope, knowing that God is in control of our lives. We're able to live our lives knowing that God is 
our refuge and our strength in times of difficulty and in times of trouble. And that includes illness and disease. That includes financial hardships. That includes the loss of jobs. That includes family turmoils. And that includes global crises. In the face of uncertainty and doubt, we are called to live our lives, as the author of Hebrews says, unswervingly. The author of Hebrews wrote this letter because this group of people who had given their lives to Jesus, they started to doubt. They started to get burdened by all the worries of life. They took their eyes off Jesus, and so this author wrote to them and reminded them to fix their eyes on Jesus. That's why I'm so thankful that Easter comes around once a year. Okay? If I really think about the impact of Easter, other than the nice uh, clothes and the picture that you'll take later on, I'm thankful that Easter comes around once a year because for those who have a faith in Jesus, it's an opportunity for us all to hit the, the reset button. Because let's face it, some need to reset their spiritual lives. Maybe there's some here this morning. You have a relationship with Jesus. You walk with Jesus, but maybe it's been a very distant relationship. So Easter provides that opportunity to hit that reset button and recommit your life to Jesus. It's also an opportunity for some here this morning to actually hit the start button and begin a relationship with Jesus. I don't know what kinds of burdens you've brought with you today, but I know a God who does. He knows what burdens you carried into this place. He knows that because he created us. And he created us with such great care. In fact, every single one of us is custom made. Did you know that? There's no one else like you. In fact, would you do this for me? Turn to someone next to you and just say, do you know that you're custom made? Just, just say that for me. Say, you're one of a kind. There's no one else like you. There's no one else like you. Some of you are thinking, I'm glad there's no one else like you. You're enough to handle. There's something about being custom made. Maybe in your homes, you might have a, uh, a piece of art on your wall that was custom made for you. Maybe a, a, a picture, a portrait, a painting, a photo. And if that piece was custom made for you, or maybe even by you, my guess is this. Every time you walk past that piece of art, it's going to mean so much more than if you had just bought it off the shelf. Well, guess what? There is no greater artist than God himself. And, and I love what the prophet Isaiah proclaimed in the Old Testament. Isaiah looked up into the heavens, and he said, Lift your eyes and look 
to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them all by name. Now, here's what's remarkable. Isaiah was not looking at the heavens through a telescope. Can you imagine if Isaiah had access to a telescope? How many more stars he could see than the naked eye? And yet he looked up and saw the starry sky. Now, experts tell us that in the known observable universe, there are anywhere from 2 trillion to 10 trillion, not stars, galaxies. 2 trillion to 10 trillion galaxies. And by the way, our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, is estimated to have 100 billion stars in just our galaxy alone. And by the way, many experts say that this is a gross underestimation. They can't even guess with precision. Two trillion to 10 trillion galaxies. If you do the math, that comes out to one followed by 24 zeros, the number of stars in the observable universe. That's just the observable universe alone. I think they call that number uh, septillion. One with 24 zeros after it. And God knows every name of every star. And he does not forget their names. Just pause and, and just be in awe of that for a moment. You and I, we can't even remember names of people we met 10 minutes ago. God knows every one of the 10 plus trillion galaxies of stars. And what is so mind-blowing is this. What that tells us is this. Not only does he know our names, He cares for you as if you were the only care in the entire world. Don't raise your hand, but how often do we throw ourselves pity parties? Don't, don't raise your hand. I don't want to know, okay? I don't want to hear your pity party. But let's face it. We're good at throwing ourselves pity parties. And that's okay because we carry so many burdens. But just know this that God cares for your cares as if they were the only cares in the entire world. You see, he, he loves looking at our lives even from our perspective. And that's just mind-blowing. Today, we celebrate Easter because God cared for us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross and to rise from the grave. Jesus left the tomb empty. 
And that is why we celebrate Easter, because a tomb is empty. Now, I know the word empty, it's a, it's a very descriptive word. And oftentimes when we hear the word empty, it gives us all kinds of emotions. And usually they're negative emotions, right? Emptiness is often equated with something negative. For example, if your gas tank is empty, especially these days, it's no fun. So if your gas tank is empty, then you have to fill it up, which means your wallet will be empty. Okay, you electric car, electric car owners, just kind of play along, all right? Just humor us. How about if you have an empty stomach? It makes you hangry. An empty house makes you feel lonely. There are some here today that will face the loneliness of an empty chair at the Easter dinner table because of the loss of a loved one. But with Jesus, empty means something completely different. An empty tomb gives us assurance. An empty tomb allows us to gather together and worship the risen Jesus. As Jessalyn read earlier from Mark chapter 16, I want to go back to that passage. We'll go back to verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, the Mary mother, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, she said, or he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So I want to take you back to the scene. As the women were making their way to the tomb, something caught their attention. As they walked along the road, they looked up, and on the hill, they saw the three crosses. The three crosses were still standing. That's because the day before was Saturday, the Sabbath, which means no work was done on the Sabbath. So nobody took down the blood-stained crosses from Friday. So as the women made their way to the tomb, they paused, and they looked at the blood stained crosses. You see, today we celebrate the empty tomb, but we also recognize the blood-stained cross because it was the cross and the work that Jesus did on it that made it possible for our sins to be forgiven. There would be no Easter Sunday without Good Friday. Here's the incredible uniqueness of the Christian faith. If you're visiting for the first time, and you may not be familiar with the Christian faith, here's the, the unique, uh, incredible uniqueness of the Christian faith. God acted 
while we were still in a state of disobedience. You see, God didn't wait till we got our act together to then offer forgiveness. He offered forgiveness through the blood of his son even while we were in a state of disobedience. Even before our first act of disobedience, he made it possible for our sins to be forgiven. You see, before that fateful Friday, God could open up the books and he would see your name and my name and next to our names were the words guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. But when Jesus went to the cross, our account, to be more specific, our debt was transferred onto Jesus. Now, have you ever experienced that moment where you've paid that final payment for your car? It is an incredible feeling when you've paid off all your loan payments. It'll be an incredible feeling when some of us pay off our mortgage sometime in the distant future. But just think on the cross. Our account, our debt was transferred to Jesus and it was no more. And so the women, they looked at the cross And they were reminded of forgiven sins. Then they made their way further toward the tomb. And they wondered aloud, who's going to roll away the stone for us? That stone that covered the tomb, it was two tons heavy. Not only that, the Romans had sealed the tomb so that nobody would be able to steal the body of Jesus. But as they walked there, to their utter surprise, the tomb was empty. The stone was rolled away. And they actually were afraid. Now, when the angel appeared to them, and when he said to them, you know what? Fear not. What he was saying was this. Death had lost its sting. There's no longer anything to be afraid of. Now, I know that As I look out here, we are all afraid of something, right? We're not all afraid of the same thing, but we're all afraid of something. Some of you are afraid of spiders. Some are afraid of needles. Some are afraid of roller coasters right here. If I can share, you know, for most of my adulthood, I could not get on an airplane. For many, many years, I could not and would not get on an airplane because I was afraid that when they closed the cabin doors of the plane, I would stop breathing. I could not breathe. It was so debilitating for many years that even the thought of having to fly would wake me up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. And sometimes it got so bad that I'd get up out of our bed and because I didn't want to disturb Joanne, I'd go downstairs and drenched in sweat, I would pace back and forth inside our house. 
And sometimes it got so bad that I could not breathe that I'd open the front door and pace up and down the street at 3 a.m. Our kids, when they were younger, that's why all they knew were road trips. We just took road trips because Daddy couldn't get on an airplane. So one year to San Francisco, the next year down to San Diego, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Because I was afraid. I couldn't breathe. We don't all fear the same thing, but we're all afraid of something. I thank God that a handful of years ago, he allowed me to work through those fears. And now I just want to fly everywhere. But for years, it was a debilitating condition. I know that there are so many fears here this morning. Some of you fear growing old. Some of you fear being alone. And while none of us wants to face death, here's the glory of Easter. Because Jesus conquered the grave, death no longer has its hold on us. It's lost its sting. Even if we were to die physically, we will live in eternity with Jesus if we give our lives to him. If we put our trust in him and not in our own circumstances. Remember, God cares for you like you're the only person in this world. I mean, that, that just blows my mind. And he wants to spend eternity in heaven with you. Now, some people ask this question. They ask, Tim, what compels Christians to believe in something, or in this case, someone they've never seen before? And that's a good question. What compels someone to believe in someone they've never seen before? You and I, we've never seen Jesus physically. So what compels us to believe in a Jesus we've never seen? I don't know many people who would buy a house without first looking at the house. That's a huge investment. So what compels us to believe in someone we've never seen before? Well, the answer is all the evidence around us. In our society, there's something powerful and permanent about the written word, isn't there, right? That's why people say, put it in writing. Put it in writing. It's not official until it's put in writing. In a courtroom, a written statement can make or break a case. The written word is powerful. Some years ago, Gmail, when it was very much in its infancy stages, they came out with this very fascinating feature. It was called Mail Goggles. Okay, this was around way back. Okay? Mail Goggles. And the reason why they came up with this feature back then was so many people were getting themselves into trouble by, by writing emails that they would regret. And so, for example, 
And this would often happen over the weekend when people were out having a little bit too good of a time. Maybe they were inebriated, and so these employees, they'd, uh, they weren't thinking straight, so they'd get on their emails, and they'd start writing their boss, Boss, I can't stand you! You're a mean boss! And they'd send it, only to regret it. And so male goggles was invented so that over the weekend, if you turn that feature on, after you wrote your email, before you could click send, male goggles would ask you some mathematical questions <laughs> and some logical questions. And if you didn't pass the test, male goggles would not let you send the email. Brilliant. Now that feature is called undo send. So you all have undo send in your Gmail account. And undo send can be set to up to 30 seconds of delay. So even after you've sent your email, it'll delay it for 30 seconds in case you change your mind. That's because the written word is so permanent and so powerful. And that is why the New Testament writers, they wrote their letters as a testimony to all the Old Testament scriptures. And so the New Testament writers wrote their letters to verify all the prophecies in the Old Testament and that Jesus was, in fact, the Messiah. And one of those authors was a, name, a man by the name of Paul. Paul, before he was saved by God, he made things miserable for Christians. He, he was their number one enemy. He was a hate-filled, angry man. But God got a hold of his life and changed it forever. And he went on to become the most faithful of followers of Jesus. And he wrote to testify of the risen Savior. There's so many examples of transformed lives, not only in the Bible, but right here. So why do I know that God cares for you? Because as I look out here, I see evidence of his care. There's some here this morning, I can see you. You've even shared with us over the years that you thought at one point that you would never step foot into a church. And here you are, serving faithfully. If you're visiting our church today, I invite you to come back. I invite you to come back next Sunday and the Sunday after that. And I, I'm, I'm confident you will see some of the warmest people, some of the kindest people, evidence of God here in our fellowship. There's so many examples of transformed lives. And We've asked just a handful of our members, just a handful this morning, to share and testify with you. So in a moment, they're going to come up here and share. Now, because the written word is so powerful, we've asked them to share how God has changed your life by putting it in writing. So it's permanent. So they can share with you how God has changed their lives. And I trust that you'll be encouraged as you witness their testimony. Before they come up, I invite you to bow with me to ask God to prepare us 
to witness these testimonies. Father, we thank you for Easter. We thank you for the risen Savior. What compels us to believe in someone we've never seen before? What compels us is all the evidence around us. And God, you have changed lives, and you continue to change lives, and you want to change lives of those here this morning. And so, Father, I pray that we would be encouraged as we witness the testimony of these changed lives that we're about to see. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.